can we can we pray together? Because yeah. um, it's uh, it's really not uh, a teaching. It is it's going to be more of a, kind of a ministry time, more than it is a teaching for like for what we're used to to teaching. And um, Tim and I haven't talked about what I was going to share. But what we started this morning is a lot of, of uh, what God has been putting on my heart. So could you, could you pray? I, I feel an excitement, and I, I pray that the, the words would unlock the hearts, touch, touch hearts, that they would not just be good teaching that we go back to, but the... They actually carry spirit and they carry life. So, can a couple of you pray, please? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. We know that you operate through word. Thank you, Lord. So we just ask right now, Lord, that it is your word that speaks to our hearts, that rests upon us as we take time with ministry and learning about growing closer to you. So we ask uh, that Mano's words be, be your word, Lord, that rests upon our minds. Lord, you're here, and you want to speak mm. to us. And there is a, an anointing upon Mano that you've given him so Lord, let the words and the meditations that you have given him and the message that you have given him from his heart and in his heart, let it pour out with your anointing, your oil, your excitement, but let it get into our hearts, not just our heads. Let there be an anointing upon not just his words, but his spirit. That would connect to ours. No. No. Uh, well, I completely commit this time to you, and I, I want to thank you for the pleasure of uh, being invited into your presence. I thank you for already what you have done. I, I just bless it. I say thank you. I ask for uh, everything that you want to happen to each heart. Don't pass anybody by this morning. That what you have planned to, to do and unlock, unleash, release, set free, empower, that it would take place. So Holy Spirit, come and lead us, I pray, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> so, there are three areas of, um, that I, uh, I really feel the Lord wants to minister, minister to us about this morning. After uh, the uh, APEST meeting, during the APEST meeting, it was, um, it was very, very clear that all of us, had rediscovered grace in a very fresh way. Not just in a know-about way, but experientially. 
because we, we started with sharing where we are, where we were at that time, like two weeks ago or whatever. And what we, oh yeah, what we've been going through and, <clears throat> and the, the, common, uh, the common thread was a fresh experience of grace and not this external grace that we know about and that we can give. Because that one, uh, it's, kind of, uh, <clears throat> it's kind of external to our heart. We are still in control. We're, uh, we're letting God use us to give grace. And yet, the grace that uh, the Lord was really focusing on is you are the poorest beggar outside the wall right now. And if I don't show up, you're dead. If I don't come with my grace, there's nothing you can do or not do. If I don't come in, in my magnanimous goodness to give in my sovereignty and show up, then you're toast. It's not going to happen. There's nothing you can pray. You cannot loose. You cannot bind. You cannot fast more. You can't bring an offering. You can't give a certain amount of dollars in offering. There's nothing you can do to change this unless you receive my grace. So that's the kind of grace that everybody was talking about where we are so close experientially to, I I had been removed from experiencing the absolute need, this desperation for grace that I need on an hour to hour basis. And it had become more of a knowledge or an ex- like a memory, or something I fall back to, it's a, good, it's a good thing, it's a good principle, but it's not the heart of God. It, I do not share right now and experience the heart of God in that matter. So, <clears throat> so that was our apest, wasn't it? This is the most, uh, it was the most intimate time that we've, that group of people has had together. It, the last day was six or seven hours of personal ministry. It went just like in 30 minutes because the heart of grace was on everybody. This absolute, God, there's only one thing I can do. I can believe and I can receive. That's, so that would be two things, right? I said one. <laughs> just kidding. So um, with that... Um, I, I feel there's three things that God wants to, to do in our hearts together in, in, this, in this group because that's a lot of what he's doing tribe-wise. Tribe-wise? Yes, sir. Uh, and one of the things is... I hear the Lord say over Rock Tribe, cast all your cares upon me. Uh, That means the impossible relationships, the job that you are not getting, it could be financial, it could be 
It could be promotion. It could be whatever it is. There is something that we are carrying on our own, that we are trying to do. And uh, the Lord is speaking over us as a tribe. Cast all your cares upon me, including this. And it, it does, it's not negative. It's not something bad, you know. It, it is something that we carry. Uh, it can be fruitfulness. It can be uh, making an impact. It can be anything that the Lord gave us, and now we're carrying it. And He wants us to give it back. He wants us to cast our cares. So that's the first thing. Um, and at, at the end, I want us to have a time of, of, of ministry because of, of where I'm going. So in John 5 and John 12, Jesus says, I only do what I see my father do. And he says, and I only say what I hear my father say. So obviously, the Holy Spirit knows intimately the heart of each person to know what button to push to unlock that heart. Uh, he knows what commitment to ask. He knows what what to actually expose in the heart so that it is released in, in revival, in freedom, right? In that experiencing of Jesus. So um, lots and lots and lots of examples of how Jesus dealt with each person that he met in a different way. But what he pushed, the button he pushed was to unlock that person's heart. And um, I really believe that the Lord wants to push your button, my button, to unlock our hearts. So the young rich ruler comes to Jesus. They have this, this conversation. And he, he's really impressed says, and Jesus loved him. After, you know, it's just like, I have done all these things since my youth. And Jesus loved him. He was really impressed. There's one thing, though. I want you to go and sell all that you have. And then give it to the poor. Come and follow me. That is going to be the key for you. That will unlock your heart to be my disciple. To be in repentance. To repent from where you are now. And turn to where I'm going and be in revival. And he didn't do that to a lot of other wealthy people. We know Mary and Martha were in a wealthy home. And we don't have any record of Jesus asking them, Hey, you need to sell everything you have. Give it to the poor and follow me. He didn't do that. But he dealt with, You're making sandwiches I never ordered. Martha, Martha, really the key to your heart is you are trying to help me. You're trying to do something for me. And really you need to be with me. And your busyness is not helping. So he's pushing, like everything that Jesus says, he told us, he heard it from the Father, right? And everything he did, he saw the Father do it 
and that's why he did it. So it would be it would be um, a good conclusion to say like he heard the father, the father's conversation over the young rich ruler was money owns him, wealth owns him. It may not be money, but wealth owns him. His heart is locked, and. Martha, you're helping. You're trying to do something. You, you're carrying this on your own. I need to unlock that. Um, Would that be the same like the man that wanted to go home and bury his father first? Yeah. Yeah. Following goes hell. Yeah. And so there is, um, uh, Luke five. He, he deals with with Peter in a completely different way. Uh, they've, they've been fishing all night, right? And uh, they caught nothing. So, next morning, Jesus on the shore, says, cast your nets on the other side. And Peter cast a net. <laughs> Just told him, cast nets on the other side. And he cast one net. He caught so much, it almost sank the boat. And... Not one sermon has been preached. Jesus had not taught anything. He hasn't said a word. Peter falls on his knees and he says, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man. He is in, he is in repentance. He's in confession mode because of supernatural provision, the power of God, his goodness breaking in Peter's, <coughs> Peter's life. That unlocked Peter's heart. Um, the woman at the well. And I'm going somewhere with that. <laughs> I, just want, I, I just want to make a case like, Jesus is, is dealing with each person differently because the Holy Spirit knows intimately the heart of each one of us. And it's very different what can unlock us what so in other words what is binding us what's holding us back is very different from one another and i believe the holy spirit wants to not only minister to us so that we <clears throat> learn to hear the father say and do things what is he saying and what is he doing over my life right now what are the keys that he is really trying to insert to unlock me where I am? And also, when you are unlocked, say we need to hear and see the Father do that over other people so that we can be like Jesus and like, oh, I heard that. Oh, this is what God is doing. This will unlock their hearts. This, what God is doing over their life is going to really unlock them. So, um, you know, the woman at the well, Jesus, <laughs> his absolute goodness, breaking all the social no-nos, you know, speaking with a woman and a Samaritan and by himself. Uh, and he doesn't, see, sin is, was not the issue. I mean, the sin itself so we're talking about 
grace doesn't seem to be like the issue that Jesus is after. Obviously, she's had five husbands, and the one she's with is not her husband right now. But it's not what Jesus is going after. There's something that's going to unlock her heart. It's like God knows you by name. He knows you. He knows your life intimately. You are not invisible. You are not invisible. And sometimes prostitutes or people on the street feel invisible. And Jesus comes and he unlocks her heart saying, God knows you. And he, he didn't go after any other things. You know, he went, that unlocked her heart. She's like, oh, come and meet the one. Could it be the one? The prophet, he told me everything about my life. Blah, blah, blah. Um, Zacchaeus, Jesus touches Zacchaeus in a completely different way. He's in a crowd. Zacchaeus is short. He goes in a tree. And he calls him by name and says, and he gives them the incredible honor. Like he treats him with honor. He says, I want to eat at your house. Now, not only does he call him by name, but he's going to eat at his house. And everybody wants Jesus to eat with them at their house. Everybody wants Jesus at their house. Everyone wants to eat with Jesus, right? But he goes to Zacchaeus and he unlocks his heart with that. He, like, I want to extend to you the richest gift that humans have. It is friendship. Because the, the gift of ex exchanging friendship at the table in the Hebraic culture is, is very, very deep. The table is called the mini temple, the Mikdash Miyat, which what happens there is holy. It is an, it is an, it's like worship. This, what happens at the table, is an act of worship where we share as equal. And this is what Jesus is doing to Zacchaeus. I don't want to go deeper in that. There's a lot more to that, but that unlocks Zacchaeus' heart. Like, and... I feel the Lord wants to unlock all of our hearts. Like Tim was sharing, he was making sandwiches that Jesus never ordered. You know, he was helping, he was doing. It's like his propensity, what locks him up, like carrying a... We all have that button that the Holy Spirit wants to push so that we can receive complete grace. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So that's that's the second thing I uh, I feel the Lord wants to do. Um, the first the first one that I said. This was the second one. First one is the empowered to release all of our cares. Release first one is release all of your cares. The second one is, what is the Father saying and doing over each person's heart right now? And how it's different. That it's going to be different for each one. But we need to first hear it for us so that we can also learn to hear it for others. 
So, and it's experiential. It is Jesus coming and we experience his dealing with us personally that unlocks us. So it's a great thing for Rob to know that God is Jehovah Jireh and that he provides and that he's never late. And it's a wonderful thing, except it's the tree of the knowledge of good and evil until he shows up. And like a beggar, you have to receive this grace because if God doesn't show up, you're toast. That experience is receiving that unlocking of your heart. Does that make sense? That's experiential. So the, the last one, I think, is uh, the, it's the most important. That's really, I could have stayed on this last one the whole, the whole morning. And it all stemmed out of um, an experience I had when we were in KC. Uh, Tim had gone and met, I'm not going to say name, but uh, it's, it's a national prophet that all of you know his name, who uh, recently got a divorce. And I mean, there's a lot of things going on with that. And bottom line was um, his intense, his intensity and um, the drivenness over his life uh, caused a, a rift that his wife could not keep up with, or his ex-wife, whatever. And uh, so there's as a whole heartbreaking story there and so Tim was sharing with me and we were talking and my heart went into a thousand directions and uh, probably the last direction I went is he must be really in pain right now that's not where I started I'm thinking you know sanctity of marriage uh, you know, can you, I mean, can you go to the cross, sacrifice your own ambition so that somebody else can live? I mean, I, I can go on and on. <laughs> the things that went on in my, in my heart, in my mind. And the last thing, and the Lord, the Lord really convicted me. And um, he said, that is, that is a religious spirit. Your default button is what's right, what's wrong, do's and don'ts. It's about knowledge. You, you ran back to the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. You did not run back to my heart. Um, and so I feel that we need to when we say, you know, uh, oh, that's, you know, that's the spirit of Pharisees. You know, they try to deal with knowledge. What Jesus was trying to deal with heart and the love of God. So were they right? Yeah, they were right. But Jesus was opposed to them. You know, like, hey, this lady, she was caught in adultery. What, uh, what does the law say we should do? Well, you're right. You want to be right? You are right. 
but you're not on my side, Jesus said. And so they were trying, the spirit of the Pharisee is trying to do with knowledge. Again, we run back to what we know or what we've experienced, and that becomes our default button as opposed to the heart of the Father is mercy triumphs over judgment. Yeah, there's judgment. And yes, the law says, you are right. And yet there's a superior law, which is, the, which is mercy triumphs over judgment. The love of God triumphs over whatever people have. The junk that you see so important, it doesn't threaten me. It means nothing to me. Just like that. It's all wiped out. It's all washed. It's clean. It's, it's been paid for already. But it's such a big deal for you. You have to run back to. And so it's kind of a default button that the Lord was exposing in me. And um, um, I want to do something with you. Um, I'm going to read you a list of people's names. Okay? Close your eyes. <clears throat> Walt Disney. Obama. Ronald Reagan. Oprah. John Wimber. Justin Bieber. Caitlin Renner. Heidi Baker. Lady Gaga. Ted Haggard. Joel Osteen. Bill Johnson, Reinhard Bonnke, Todd Bentley. How did your heart respond to those names? Did you respond with what you know about them? What you have heard about their lives? Or did you respond with the heart of God? Were you completely consumed with the love of the Father? The same affection that you felt when I said Ronald Reagan, can you by choice give that same affection to all the other names that did not invoke any of that affection? I really feel the Lord wants us to detox from a religious spirit where that we carry it and it's this Pharisee spirit it is we we run back to knowledge to the knowledge to what we know of God to what is right what is wrong we we run, our default is we run back to to this we we are gonna we're consumed with getting the issues to dealing with issues more than we are carrying love the heart of the Father. And so you know you hear Todd Bentley and I'm thinking hmm. And for those who don't know Todd Bentley, it's all good. <laughs> Uh, well, he got a divorce and got remarried to somebody really young, and and it's they're living in 
spiritual bliss because I mean they've justified all that and I'm thinking wow iniquity you know oh, man, this is really how do you and I don't know where your heart went when I read that list you know Lady Gaga or Heidi Baker hmm. you know how we do that that's what God wants us to be detoxed from that is we go back to what we know and what or even our experience or what we know of God and that's that is really that's a killer because we can be a hundred percent right and yet kill somebody's heart with it I mean we can be 100% right so it's obviously not about being right or wrong and it's not it is really there is a there's a transfer that God wants to do I believe that I heard this about three months ago I woke up and I heard this the biggest hurdle to the heart of God to revival and to the prophetic is to carry the Word of God without carrying the heart of God. I mean, like when you just wake up, it's a mouthful. I wasn't quite awake. But the biggest hurdle to hear God better, to see Him, or to the prophetic, or to revival, is that we have His Word. So we have knowledge. We have we know, oh, that's good, we know. And we don't carry his heart with it. And so we, we would say, spirit of Pharisee, but it's out there somewhere. This, it's like, it's not, or we, we think of the enemy outside. Like, oh yeah, somewhere in the Presbyterian church or in the Baptist church or whatever church. It's like, it's out there. And the Lord is really saying, to, uh, to our tribe. No. It's in you. Now, your default button is. And I, like this list of people is just because we know all of them. But our reaction to everyday people around us is the same way. It's just not, you know, to that extent. You know what I mean? And I, I believe the Lord... Uh, wants us to be more consumed with this revelation of true grace and true love to carry his heart more than we are of setting things right on his behalf or being right or knowing and that's going to take a heart transplant it's a miracle. It, it really is a miracle. Um, so yeah, I believe the Lord wants us to it's like take somebody you really you have deep affection for. You know, like your kids or whoever, somebody you admire. And that same, you know, like you, the disposition of your heart for that 
for that person. God wants us by choice to receive the same, his, the same love, supernatural love, the grace to extend the love of the Father to everyone by choice. So it, it's not going to come like us. Yeah, Obama. Hmm. Or whatever, whoever. It's like, hmm. <sighs> so I believe the the um, one area that God wants us to detox from a religious spirit and our religious boxes. And we, um, so like I said, this, this type of grace and love, we don't get unless we are the beggars, the poorest beggars on the need, you know, on the, on the side of we are desperate for God's grace and to receive it. Because the more distant we are from that last, last time you were at that place where you were the beggar, the leper outside the wall, begging and, and asking for God's grace. The further removed from that experience than all it is now, it's revert back to knowledge. It's, it's a memory. It's experience of the past. And for us, you, we can't really carry the level of God's grace, this level of absolute mercy triumphs over judgment and love if we are one day or two or a week or five years removed from I absolutely need my eyes open to see where I'm really at because if we feel that's so good God, I have it all covered the Holy Spirit it's so good we're not we're not carrying that level of, of grace that will, that will be transferred to people. It's, it's, that, it's, that, it's not that we're evil or bad. It's like we can even give grace to people. I was sharing that with Rod. It's like, it's so it wouldn't even be that hard to give. Somebody did something terrible and you really forgive them from your heart and you give grace And you still wouldn't know that level of Jesus wants you to receive. He wants me to receive right now something I can't do a thing for. I cannot, I cannot by my spiritual gyration, my prayer, my fasting, my giving, my loving, my, there's nothing that I can do to receive that grace lest he give it. And in that place, we it's control. We surrender. We yield everything that we have, everything we need, everything we carry even. The things we the good things we carry, not the bad things. Uh, bad things too, but the good things we carry. He wants us to lay them down. And receive from him. Like this is a pure, pure gift from, from Father. And so, 
think I'm going to stop here.